Hello, dragonflies. Welcome to the Gilmore Gals podcast, where we take a deep dive into each episode of the beloved show. We're your hosts, Sarah and Ani. We're huge Gilmore Girls fans and we're besties. In this podcast, we talk about everything Gilmore, from the pop culture references to the tiniest minutia only a true Gilmore nerd would care about. Copper boom. Hi, Sarah. Hey, Ani. How are you? I'm doing okay today. How about you? I'm doing pretty good. What are your plans for uh, Valentine's Day? Well, I think I'm going to try and um, bake a cake. Really? Yeah, I think I'm going to bake a cake for Mikey. And um, we actually had our date on Saturday, um, this coming, or this past Saturday. Uh, We went to this really nice seafood restaurant on the water and it was, it was lovely. Uh, How romantic. Did I get you any presents? I don't think so. I think we decided we're going to like get, you know, like new pillows or something, you know, Ooh. like really good pillows or something like that for each other. So it's a good idea. Yeah. Pillows are important. Yes. Uh, let's see. We yeah, went to a thing last night, um, a sort of orchestral tribute to Taylor Swift that was part of our Valentine's. And then on Wednesday, the actual Valentine's, we're going to do brunch while the kiddo is at school. Nice. Um, rather than going out at night. And then, you know, our little our little beach shack over here is doing a, a little special event for that evening. So we're going to head down to that with Zoe. That would be nice. Yeah. Very romantic. I mean, honestly, <laughs> he's taken me to Paris in a few months. So I feel like, you know what? I'm good. You don't need to buy yeah. me anything else. <laughs> <laughs> and incidentally, today's episode, season one, episode 11, is called Paris is Burning. And it's written by Joan Binder Weiss and directed by David Petrarca. Did you like my little transition there? Wasn't that great? I did. I thought, I, thought that was, I thought that was a really smooth transition. <laughs> well, we have a really long episode, so we should just hop right in. Yeah, we really should. Okay, I'm going to hop in with the synopsis. Um, so this episode aired January 11th, 2001. 2001, oh my gosh. I know, right? 23 years ago. As the relationship with Rory's teacher, Max, grows more serious, Lorelai, of course, panics and decides to end it. But her attempt to break up with him during parent-teacher night at Chilton causes even more trouble at school for Rory. All right. So we only have, let's see, a couple of fast facts for you. Let's get started with this one. So at one point in this episode, Lorelai starts to pull away, you know, emotionally from Max. And she tells him that she needs space. And he replies, I want as little space as possible. A hundred clowns crammed into a Volkswagen. That's the kind of non-space I'm talking about. Which was one of the quippy lines of his that always bothered me. But interestingly, I've got this book, The Gilmore Girls Companion shout out and it has this this it says this one line manages to cover actor scott cohen's first acting career which was wait for it clowning yes clowning and his first brush with fame as the flirtatious driver in a volkswagen passat commercial do you guys remember this it was way back in the day do you remember it sarah I you sent it to me and I think I vaguely remember it mm-hmm. um but I will post it on our socials for everybody so they can see it. It was 1998 you guys. So like a thousand million years ago. <laughs> so you can google Volkswagen Passat flirt ad and you'll find it easily and then if anyone is curious this beautiful song that's playing in the background is called Palomita Blanca which means little white dove and it's a newer version of the original Tango Waltz which was written in 1929 by Francisco Garcia Jimenez beautiful song 
Very Very interesting. Thank Mm -hmm. you. So next up, um, we spend a lot of time in Chilton with this episode, so we thought we would discuss the location that is used for Chilton. So the exteriors are shot at Greystone Mansion in Beverly Hills, and that was built by Edward Lawrence Doheny Jr., or Ned, as he was known. He, He was an heir to an oil fortune. Construction began in 1927, and it took three years to complete at a cost of $3 million, which in today's dollars would be about $52 million. Wow. So very expensive. <laughs> the grounds originally included stables, kennels, a gatehouse, tennis courts, swimming pools, a lake, and get this, a fire station. What? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, they should have had a police station, though, because uh, Ned didn't get to enjoy his mansion for very long, as he was found murdered in 1929 in an apparent murder-suicide by his longtime friend, Hugh Plunkett. Isn't that crazy? Wow. <sighs> The city of Beverly Hills eventually purchased the mansion in 1965 for $1.3 million, and it's used as the city's largest water reservoir, thanks to its hilltop location, um, makes for good water pressure, I guess. And today it is also a public park operated by the city of Beverly Hills, and you can go visit and check out the grounds for free. Oh my gosh, lady. Mm-hmm. This is a juicy bit of goss here. I think when you come visit in March, we need to go check that place out. I am hundo P down for that. I love it. <laughs> love that. Okay. So the exteriors were all of this crazy history. Yes. Okay. So what about the interiors? Do we know anything? I haven't found anything about the interiors yet. I mean, it, it may just be sets. I don't know. I'll have to look that up. So I'm pretty sure, almost positive, that I've seen it in at least one other show, which was The West Wing. It was used... Um, the interior where they go up those big stairs, you know, and the mm-hmm. floor is that black and white checked tile. Mm-hmm. I'm almost positive I saw that in at least one other thing, but I think it gets used a lot. So now I got to go yeah. look into that and we'll get back to you guys on that one. <laughs> so should we get into our recap? Yeah, let's let's jump right in. So we open with our first ever mention of the fact that Lorelai absolutely cannot be trusted with the care of animals, which will continue to be a runner throughout the show until she proves all the naysayers wrong when she eventually gets Paul Anka, Paul Anka the dog, and takes excellent care of him. Lorelai and Rory are walking through town and come across a dog adoption event in the town square. Lorelai gets super excited and runs up to a sweet little dog and cries, Rory, look at the baby. <laughs> and Lorelai in this scene is me, Hundo P. If Mikey and I ever happen upon a pet adoption event, he's always like, you know, oh, hey, look over there, you know, trying to distract you. Hey, honey, can I buy you some jewelry? <laughs> yeah. <right. laughs> oh, it's so cute. I know I'm the same way. I'm like, oh, let's just take them home. Of course, we never do, but oh, puppies. So you can tell by Rory's reaction, if you just look at her face, that this interaction is clearly bringing up some bad memories for her. So she reads the description of the dog. And for those of us... <laughs> who know Lorelai's future dog, Paulinka, it sounds oddly reminiscent of his many (laughs) idiosyncratic neuroses, you know, like he's afraid of people watching him while he eats and he's afraid of watches and, you know, just like random crazy things. Yeah. So the sign says, Buttercup is a special dog. She is extremely skittish and tends to react badly towards blonde-haired females, brunette males, children of either sex, other animals, red clothing, cabbage, or anyone in a uniform. So that pretty much covers everything. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so Luke walks up to them and Lorelai says, hey, we just found the doggy version of you. 
And then the guy working the event approaches and Luke immediately says, do not let these two anywhere near a dog. They can barely feed themselves. Lorelai is offended by this and Rory goes, you cannot be serious. Do I need to remind you of Skippy? And Luke isn't familiar with the story of Skippy, so Rory goes on to explain that Skippy was their hamster, and he would bite Lorelai every time she put her hand in the cage. So eventually, she just got tired of it, and instead of cleaning its cage, she would just stuff tissues in there. And eventually, she took the cage full of tissues and abandoned it at the store where they got the poor thing in the first place. That's not cool. So Lorelai says it was a vicious Damien hamster with little beady eyes and a big forked tail and a cape with a hood. And bye-bye, Buttercup. And as the girls walk away, you notice Luke kind of looking at Buttercup, reading the sign, almost like he's contemplating something. We found out later that Luke actually can't stand dogs. So you have to wonder what made him linger there for a bit. Maybe he's thinking about getting Lorelai a gift? Hmm. Interesting. I hadn't noticed that before. The look on his face? It just that he, you know, that he kind of lingered. Yeah. Um, but then, yeah, after I saw this, I, I did kind of notice. And yeah, he was kind of like, interestingly looking at it. Do you remember that episode much, much later when he go when he has like a tirade, one of Luke r- rants about, about how much he hates dogs and why? I don't. <laughs> it's really good, actually. <laughs> That's like season, I don't know, five, maybe four. All right. So two other things I noticed in this scene. One is that it's January when this episode came out. It's supposed to be winter. But because this show was filmed in Bourbon, California, where we have no winter, the grass is all green and the the trees all still have leaves on them. And they put these little piles of fake snow around the trees and such to, you know, try to pretend. But it still looks pretty silly if you think about it because, you know, everything's green. Everyone's in jackets and beanies and gloves. But I looked it up and it would have been about 74 degrees that day. Oh, yeah. I Can you imagine? Uh uh-uh. uh, no. You act when you're melting to death like that. Oh, I don't know. And you know me, I'm always melting. So the thought of having to wear a coat in 74 degree heat, not to mention the hot lights that, you know, they have right. shining on them. Well, the second thing I noticed is that there's a banner in the background that says petfinder.org. And I looked it up and it automatically changed to petfinder.com. And it's a real pet finding website. Yes. Yep. Indeed. That's yes. so cool. And not just cats yeah. and dogs. They have other animals as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Well, in the next scene, we see Lorelai at Max Medina's place, cleaning up after a very fancy also buco dinner that he had just made for her. And they seem to be getting along pretty well. There's a lot of flirting happen. Mm-hmm. Lorelai finds Rory's paper on Max's desk, because remember, he is her English teacher. And here we have an old tech alert. She says, there are some really big words in here. I just hope you have a dictionary with you when you read it. Do kids these days even know what a dictionary is, you think? You know, I don't know. But okay, that that this actually just reminded me. I was watching some like news piece and they were talking about all the ridiculous book bannings that are happening across the country. And some places are actually trying to ban the dictionary. What? What the heck? I mean, I can't, we're not going to get political on here, but I can't even no. imagine what went through that person's head to think that that was necessary. Yeah. All right. So on a side note. I have to point out Lorelai's ridiculous eye makeup in this scene. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. And I, you know, I wear lavender eyeshadow. No, I do too. I totally do too. But it was like the way they put it on where it's like yeah. or thick right across the lid. It was just so 2001. <laughs> like that color was 2001. And it mm-hmm. perfectly matches her shirt, which is also kind of weird. Yeah. The other day I did bright green eye makeup with a with a green shirt. So who knows, right? 
It just it gave me like high school flashbacks, you know? <laughs> well, Lorelai is looking at Max's extensive collection of fancy leather-bound books and pulls out Swan's Way by Proust. She says she's sometimes seized by an overwhelming urge to say something like, as Marcel Proust would say, but she has no idea what that would be because she's never actually read any Proust. So Max, being the gentleman that he is, tells Lorelai to take the book with her. I have not read Proust because I've heard he's really abstruse and he utilized stream of consciousness in his writing, which I detest. But I did a mini deep dive to see what I'm missing out on by avoiding his works. You ready for this? I'm ready. Let's go. Marcel Proust was a French novelist who lived from 1871 to 1922. According to Wikipedia, he is considered to be one of the most influential authors of the 20th century. His most famous novel is In Search of Lost Time, which I think most people know the name of but have never read, right? I don't know if I've ever heard nope. of it. It's kind of like a like a famous one that get, the title gets tossed around a lot. And it's about the vast changes that occurred at the end of the 1800s in France, um, particularly around the decline of the aristocracy and the rise of the middle classes, blah, 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 right? Mm -hmm. So here are some of his most famous quotes. As long as men are free to ask what they must, free to say what they think, free to think what they will, freedom can never be lost and science can never regress. That's so mm -hmm. sweet and adorable mm -hmm. and naive, isn't it? <laughs> Here's the other one. The voyage of discovery is not in seeking new landscapes, but in having new eyes. And finally, love is space and time measured by the heart. Hmm. Lovely, huh? Yeah. Well, thank you for doing that. Um, I, of course, haven't read any Proust either, but he definitely has some great quotes out there. So as Lorelai sits down to dive into Proust, Max leans in, obviously with something other than reading on his mind. They start to make their way to the bedroom, and in between kisses, Lorelai responds with a few hilarious quips that I needed to <laughs> include. <laughs> First off, but what about my required reading? But I won't make the cheerleading squad. Mr. Medina, is this my extra credit work? Because Misty just had to take a test. <laughs> <laughs> so gross. Well, next we see Lorelai sneaking into her house like she broke curfew and she finds Rory waiting up for her on the couch. Lorelai says that Max loaned her Swan's Way and Rory replies, you know what it means when a man loans you a book, don't you? But Lorelai answers with something quippy and Rory never actually finishes that thought. So I'm curious what you think she was going to say here. I really have no idea, but it made me think back to um, the episode when Rory was going to give Dean a book and then how Lane says, well, you have to consider what the gift says to the person. And I don't really know that that applies here because it wasn't a gift, but that was just kind of like where my thought went. That makes sense. Also, here's my old tech alert, though it's not so much old tech as old communication. Lorelai asks Rory how many times Dean called. Now, calling on the phone nowadays, I feel like is becoming so obsolete. And, you know, remember around this time in the early 2000s, everybody on TV and in movies and in real life, you know, were just talking on their cell phones all the mm -hmm. time. And now it's texting. And most people, myself included, hate it usually when people call them. <laughs> <laughs> I called you the other day. You were like, did you mean to call me? I know. I was like, did you mean to call me? <laughs> well, because there have been times where, you know. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah, it's been an accident. And then they have a sweet interaction here where Rory says, hey, you look happy. And Lorelai responds with a big smile. I am, kid. So let's find out how she goes ahead and ruins it, shall we? Right, let's do it. 
<laughs> in the next scene, we find Rory in her English class overhearing Paris, Louise, and Madeline talking about Mr. Medina's love life. They're debating whether he's dating anybody, and Paris says whoever it is must be a loser, who doesn't mind that he's basically a loser himself, making a ridiculous teacher salary. Paris seems to be in a particularly bad mood today, and we find out it's because her parents are going through an acrimonious and very public divorce. Her dad is apparently a bigwig at a huge pharmaceutical company, so they're printing all the sordid details about the divorce in the paper, and there's a lot of gossip going around the school about it. I hate Madeline and Louise. I do too. They're supposed to be her best friends, and they're like always talking about her behind her back. It's mm-hmm. horrible. It's awful. Remember mm-hmm. that episode when they go to um, the beach, mm-hmm. and uh, Paris looks at them and goes, were we really friends at one point? <laughs> Well, next, we're at Friday night dinner, and Lorelai points out to Emily that she's smiling, which in and of itself is unusual. But this particular smile is sort of gloaty, which Lorelai describes as her, I've got something on Lorelai's smile. Emily tries to deny it, but Lorelai insists, I know that smile, I grew up with it. And suddenly, Emily brings up the upcoming Chilton Parents Day. Aha! Mystery solved. The Chilton newsletter came out today. And of course, Emily has nothing better to do all day, so she's already read the newsletter and knows perfectly well that Lorelai hasn't gotten around to it yet. And that is why Emily is so darn pleased with herself. I know that smile too, by the way, incidentally. (laughs) Yes, I know you do. Lorelai says, not everybody can wait outside the mailbox for the Chilton newsletter to arrive and then instantly memorize the contents. To which Emily replies, you have your priorities. Far be it from me to question them. Oh my god, this makes me so mad. Does Seriously. it matter? Is it just because I have yeah. baggage? No, 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 no. Oh my god, if I were okay, if I were Lorelai in this moment, I would have jabbed a fork into Emily's hand. Like, what? How dare you suggest my own daughter is not my priority for me? You know, mm-hmm. like you yeah. have your priorities. Most people have jobs, so they can't just you know take the whole day off to go hang out at their kid's school. Right. Or, you know, staying around waiting Mm -hmm. for newsletters to come and memorize and then make your daughter feel bad. Oh, my God. So awful. So Emily figures that Lorelai is probably too busy to attend. So she suggests going herself. But Lorelai immediately goes, nope, I'll be there. That's it. End of story. So we're back at Lorelai's house and we see her frantically running around trying to get ready for her date with Max. And at the same time, we see Rory frantically running around trying to get out of the house before Max arrives in order to avoid the inevitable awkwardness of that whole situation. Apparently, the Gilmore household has a good rule that's been working so far. Daughter shall be nowhere near house when said man materializes. But just this once, Rory goes and opens the door for said man, and it is awkward which is one of the things that alexis bladell does so well Mm -hmm. she starts rambling on about water (laughs) and then they (laughs) and then they exchange some small talk and then rory attempts to bolt but not before mr medina insists that rory call him max when they're not in school as he's hoping to be around more and rory tells him that she wouldn't be comfortable doing that so max suggests they come up with non-school names for each other he suggests he calls her rebecca and she suggests norman and when he presses her on how she came up with norman she tells him that psycho was on earlier and that was the first name that came to mind <laughs> and as she goes to finally leave rory says oh and norman have her home by 10 you know pretending she was the mom for once you know I was just thinking, like, when she went out to, to the dance, Lorelai would have been fine with midnight. And she says yeah, 10. 10. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Well, I mean, she wasn't. I don't think she was serious. No, <laughs> but I think that's funny. 
In the next scene, Rory's studying at Luke's diner when Suki and her vegetable supplier, Jackson Belleville, enter in the middle of an argument about her famous stuffed squash blossoms. Jackson's trying to get Suki to stuff something a little different this time. His all-natural vegetable hybrid he has temporarily named the Zucchini Tush. Lovely. Suki replies, you want me to serve my customers a genetically engineered vegetable that's named after a butt? And Jackson storms out and Suki goes to sit with Rory. By the by, I looked it up. I can't seem to find zucchini tushes anywhere. So let us know if you know what this is or if it's just something that they came up with for the show. I did, however, find out that the word tush comes from the Yiddish word tuchis. Interesting. Indeed. Lorelai comes in carrying ice skates. And apparently the girls have a skating date and Rory is going to play Nancy Kerrigan and Laurel, I will play Tanya Harding. And they're going to reenact the whole nervous breakdown. Let me start over thing. Now, for the youngins in the audience who have no idea what we're talking about, go watch the movie I, Tanya. That'll explain everything. Do you think kiddos this day even know what any of this means? I mean, because of the movie I, Tanya, they might. Yeah, she was really good in that. Mm hmm. So Luke comes over and kind of makes fun of Lorelai's skates because they look like they haven't been used in eons. And he mentions they look rusted and says, hand them over. I'm going to clean them and tighten the blades because his expressive love language is acts of service. And this leads to one of my favorite quotes of the episode. Suki is, of course, sitting with our girls and she says to Lorelai, wow, you get really good service here. (laughs) (laughs) I totally miss that line. (laughs) It's funny. Rory suggests that they invite Max to go ice skating with them. And Lorelai seems a bit taken aback that she used his first name so casually like that. And Rory says that she figured she uh, that she should get used to it since the two of them are obsessed with each other. And she'll probably be seeing him a lot more outside of school. Lorelai is clearly uncomfortable with this conversation. And she tries to downplay the seriousness of the relationship. And this is when we start to see the panic setting in. <laughs> She's so good at the micro expressions. I don't know if you noticed... Mm -hmm. Um, just how she just the little things she does with her eyes and to show us that she's like panicking inside her head (laughs) (laughs) in the next scene we're in Lorelai's kitchen and Suki is making her some tea Lorelai's feet are super sore from ice skating so she's soaking them in a tub so before I say anything else about this scene I have to point out the pigtails Lorelai's pigtails. This is the first and only time we will ever see Lorelai with this hairstyle, if I'm not mistaken. This is a look that's normally reserved for Suki going forward. We always see her in pigtails. Low ones, actually. And um, Lorelai's got poof balls in her hair. And this is like furriness of the poof balls. If cuffs have poof balls, mm-hmm. it feels like a very 2001 look. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? But it's yeah. so cute. I love it. And definitely very skatery. You yes. know, because, oh, yeah. yeah. Forgot about that. Yes, the skater look. <laughs> um, so Suki asks what Lorelai's up to this evening and is surprised when she finds out that Max is not involved in her plans. Lorelai defensively says, I don't see him every night, Suki. And after some back and forth, we find out that Lorelai is starting to cool on Max, saying he's a great guy for someone. Turns out that Lorelai has a history of breaking up with a guy after about two months of dating. And Suki uh, calls her on this and says, yeah, this is about the time you start doing your little getaway dance. Two months right on the nose. She's like, (laughs) cha-cha. So Lorelai explains that she's just being practical, that Rory is starting to get attached to Max. And since she's decided that he's not right for her for whatever reason, it's best just to break it off before Rory gets hurt. And Suki, of course, sees right through this and points out that Lorelai hasn't usually gotten so upset and defensive when Suki has pointed out her pattern in the past. 
And then rather thoughtlessly, Lorelai says, when did you become a relationship expert? You haven't been in a relationship in years. And she immediately realizes how rude and insensitive that comment was. And so she apologizes profusely. Yeah, that was that was not a good a good thing. Um, and you can tell Suki's obviously hurt by the comment. Although a part of her does recognize that there's some truth to it. And she says how she wants to be in a relationship, but she has all these excuses about how much she works, how she's always either at the inn or the market or the hospital. Because <laughs> as we've established, she is a bit of a klutz. I felt so sad for her in this scene. I did too. But she has such a big heart. She's so gracious. You know, she just kind of, she accepts the apology and just kind of yeah. moves on. I don't know that I would be able to do that as quickly. Either. I was going to say, if you said something like that to me, I would, I mean, that would really hurt. That would really hurt. It's very uncharacteristically mean of Lorelai, which is why she immediately realizes, oh my God, that was horrible, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, I don't think, well, we do see a few more conflicts between the two of them in the future, maybe one or two more. Yeah, at least a couple, I think. Back at Chilton, Rory overhears Tristan Dugray um, gossiping with a buddy about Paris's family drama, and apparently it's still all over the school. And Mr. Medina approaches Rory and, after some small talk, awkwardly inquires after her mother. Looks like he hasn't heard from her in a while, and he wants to know if she'll be attending Parents' Day. And Rory confirms that she'll be there. I personally don't love that he's using Rory as this go-between. That's yeah. not cool. I feel like both he and Lorelai are being a little immature. Mm -hmm, for sure. More so her, obviously. Yeah. So back in Lorelai's kitchen, Rory is recounting to her all the gossip that's been going around the school about Paris's parents. And Lorelai says that if it were anyone else in the world, she'd feel bad for Paris. And Rory says that she actually does kind of feel bad for her because, as Lorelai puts it, she's the nicest kid who ever lived. Yeah. I'm like death to Paris. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> bad for her. So Rory goes on to tell Lorelai that Madeline and Louise actually said hello to her, which is like, what? And Lorelai responds with, wow, you're the new Heather, which we assume is a reference to the 1989 black comedy Heathers, which I have never actually watched. Have you? No, I haven't either. Um, there's even a musical. Now. No. Yeah. What was the, what's the Mean Girl? Well, I guess it's called Mean Girls, right? Wasn't <laughs> it meant to be kind of like a holla back to that movie? Oh, you know what? Yeah, I think because so. I, I looked up the um, I looked up like the plot or the synopsis mm -hmm. for that movie when we were working on the script. And yeah, it does sound, you know, kind of similar, except there's like, I guess there's murders, though, that happen in, in Heather's. So, yes. OK, that is dark. So um, right. is that Winona Ryder? Winona Ryder, uh, Christian Slater, Shannon Doherty. Wow. I guess I'm going to have to watch that then. Well, let's see. I used to have a crush okay. on Christian Slater when I was a kid. And, I got a little, too. No. and then I got a little older and realized what, what a creepy creep he is. And I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't even know anything about him as a person. Just like the way he presents is creepy, you know? <laughs> oh, also, um, did you notice them eating the cold, who knows how old French fries as Lorelai's cleaning the fridge in this scene? Uh, no, I did not. Oh, so oh gross. so gross. <laughs> and then as they finish over at the fridge, they refer to each other as Oscar and Felix, which, of course, are the names of the characters in The Odd Couple, which is one of my favorite classic TV shows. You know what? I remember seeing it on, on Nick at Night, but I never <laughs> watched it. Um, I think because it made me anxious because Oscar was so messy. <laughs> I was like, I can't, I can't handle it. <laughs> okay, so Swan's Way, the book that Lorelai borrowed is on the kitchen table. So Rory asks her how it's coming along and Lorelai says she finished. 
the first sentence. <laughs> She's just <laughs> too swamped to read it right now. Plus, it's, you know, Proust. So maybe Rory can give it back to Max for her. Lorelai's trying to use her as a go-between now, too. And Rory is just like, give it back to him when you come for Parents' Day. And then Lorelai starts saying, oh, she thought she'd be able to make it, but now she can't because there's some vague, big thing that she has to do at the end. And Rory can, of course, tell that Lorelai is being evasive, and but she just says, just give it back to him the next time you see him. She's Louise, poor kid. So mm -hmm. Lorelai, she's, she's clearly panicking at this point, and she's like, I don't know when that will be. Just give it back to him. And it suddenly dawns on Rory that this weird behavior can only mean one thing. And she sadly asks... Are you breaking up with him? And Lorelai acts like she has no idea what Rory's talking about. So Rory says, well, he hasn't heard from you and now you're avoiding him. And then she proceeds to ask, why are you breaking up with him? You seem so happy. And Lorelai just says, it's not right. That's all. So much baloney. Just a plate of baloney. Mm-hmm. So Rory calls her bluff on not attending Parents' Day because of this mysterious thing at the end that she's supposed to do. And Rory knows it's because her mom is pulling the same crap that she always does, that Suki accused her of. And she's just trying to avoid dealing with Max. She can be so immature sometimes. Frustrating. Very frustrating. Well, in the next scene, we see that Lorelai is indeed attending Parents' Day like she promised. And we see poor Paris being harangued by her mother in the hallway, who's saying awful things very loudly without any concern for how embarrassing it must be for Paris. And Lorelai and Rory overhear the whole thing. And Lorelai says, because they're still, you know, pretty icy with each other. And Lorelai says, oh, but I'm looking pretty good to you right now. <laughs> right. So incidentally, I wanted to point out for people who watched Beverly Hills 90210, like 10 years before this, um, the actress who plays Paris's mom, her name is Anne Gillespie. She also play played um, Kelly Taylor's mom on 90210. Very cool. Did you watch that show? No, I didn't. You know, I watched it religiously for like the first, I don't know, eight years. But and then, you were like a baby when it came out. I was. It was way inappropriate. And then... <laughs> And then Dawson's Creek came on the scene and it was on at the same time on the same day. So mm. that became my new obsession. So Lorelai proposes the first annual mother-daughter ditch day <laughs> upon <laughs> hearing that the first class of the day is English lit with Mr. Medina. But she begrudgingly goes along and as she watches Max talk to his students, you can just see it in her eyes, how much she really likes him and admires him and how it's kind of killing her that she's ending this, you know, like it doesn't even make sense to her. Yeah. And then when class is dismissed, Lorelai tells Rory to go on ahead and she'll catch up with her later. And so now she and Max are all alone in the room and she's trying multiple times to get him to take his copy of Swan's Way Back. And I just want to interrupt here for a second to say that, you know, I don't know if I ever told you this, Ani, but I had actually thought about being a high school English teacher. Me too. That's amazing. That's what I was going to do. That was like my plan. Yeah. yeah. So to any teachers listening, you are amazing. You do not make enough money and you do not get enough appreciation. Amen. Yeah, I was going to do that until my uh, third year of college or something. And then I was I was going to join the, the teacher education program. And then I went and sat in on some high school classes because I wanted to teach high school English. And I hated it. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, I, I'm not cut out for this. This is not for me. And so then I went through a little crisis. And then I was like, what the hell am I going to do with my life? And then I decided to do therapy. So that's how that happened. What mm -hmm. happened to you? Why didn't you decide to go through that? I honestly don't remember. I, for some reason, like when I was done with high school, I was like, 
like I never took the SAT and I was like decided I didn't want to go to college at the time Mm -hmm. and so I think it was just yeah I don't know I don't know exactly why I like decided I didn't want to go to college I obviously did later yeah (laughs) um but but yeah I'm not really sure what changed for me interesting and what made you want to be an English teacher to begin with well I loved to read when I was in high school and English classes were my best subject and my favorite subject ah you are a good writer this is true thank you So Max, at this point, he knows something's up. He's left Lorelai four messages. She never called him back. So she's making excuses and trying to give him the book back to no avail. And he finally figures it out. And he says, not only are you breaking up with me, you're doing it really badly. And Lorelai tries to say that she's not really dumping him. And she has all these excuses like, I just need space and it's not working. It just took her a while to figure things out. And it all became clear when she realized how much they could hurt Rory. Well, Max is not a stupid guy. And he replies, don't you mean how much we could hurt Lorelai? They had already talked through this and had decided that Rory was mature enough to handle the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And Max goes on to say that this behavior doesn't seem like Lorelai. Blaming the whole thing on Rory and giving him lame apologies is weak, pathetic, and beneath her. Ouch. Also, I had a side note. How long is this break in between classes? Yeah, because if you think about it, right after this, they're all in the cafeteria. This was first period. What are they doing in the cafeteria? I know. It doesn't make any sense. And it's like, when I was in high school, we barely had time to get from one class to another. Same. And wasn't your school, like, super small? It was. (laughs) I think we had five, maybe six minutes to get to the next class. I think we had, like, four. Oh, wow. Jeez. (laughs) So at this point, Lorelai's like, I'm out. Take your damn book. And she gets up to go, and they have a brief confrontation that, of course, in a very TV sort of way, ends in a passionate kiss, which... Of course, Paris sees through the little window of the classroom door. What she was doing there, who knows, right? Mm-hmm. Well, you can see the wheels turning in her head as she figures out what to do with the sensitive intel. Obviously, she's going to immediately start spreading the news as far and wide as possible. And as Paris enters the cafeteria, you can see the new hot goss just spreading like wildfire. Again, what are the kids doing in the cafeteria? I, I know. I'm like, how how is there lunch after first period? No. There's not. I don't even know. But maybe it's like some hoity-toity school, and so they get like a long break in between classes, maybe? I don't know. I don't know. Anyway. So Rory's sitting there in the cafeteria. She's minding her own business. She notices all the commotion happening, and Tristan leans over her table, and give he puckers up his lips because he's an ass, and then Paris comes over to gloat, and Rory asks what's going on. And Paris replies, oh, everyone's just talking about the mom that Mr. Medina was seen kissing just now. And the weird thing is, she looks a lot like your mom. That would, I, that would be so horrifying. Punched her in the face. Oh, yeah. Well, then Lorelai walks in and Rory is clearly furious with her and rightly so, I might add. She storms out of the cafeteria with Lorelai following right behind her and she demands, were you kissing him? And when she gets confirmation, she cries, what the hell is wrong with you? Paris saw you. It's all over Spinel. And then she asks the obvious question. If you like him so much, why are you breaking up with him? And then Lorelai starts to say, well, it's to protect her. And Rory says, maybe all those rules about hiding your personal life were good for me when I was a kid, but I'm not a kid anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just baloney. So something that just occurred to me after mm-hmm. decades of watching this show, I wonder if there's a runner where Paris's behavior towards Rory mirrors Emily's behavior towards Lorelai because they are frenemies, you know, in both Mm -hmm. situations, right? Mm 
mm-hmm. their respective relationships are similar in some ways. So that's something that I'm going to keep my eye on going forward. I hope you'll um, do so as well, because in case I forget, but mm-hmm. here we see Paris, she's gloating in the same way that Emily was in the Friday night dinner scene at the beginning. And she's clearly very pleased with herself that she knows something that Rory doesn't just like mm-hmm. Emily was. You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. No, it's very interesting. Definitely something to to keep an eye on. Mm -hmm. Well, the argument between Lorelai and Rory continues as they start making their way upstairs. And Rory says that she made up the, quote, stupid rules about the way the Gilmore women would run their lives, end quote. And Lorelai shoots back that it was because of those stupid rules that they made it as far as they did. And that's why she's in this school. And Rory says, well, maybe it's time for the rules to change. And Lorelai replies, that's for her to figure out. And Rory then asks if she could make up her mind before French class because I'd rather you didn't start making out with Mrs. Collins. And she storms (laughs) up the stairs. And Lorelai, the queen of comebacks, yells back, hey, no promises until I see what she looks like. (laughs) And then I also loved how like in the argument, Rory's like, great. And she does that like a couple times. And I don't know. It was just really cute. (laughs) It was cute. I'm like, I feel like she did her best to be angry. And you can tell that she's angry. But at the same time, it was still it was still a cute. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, next up, we have the another Friday night dinner scene. We get one, not not one, but two dinner mm-hmm. Friday night dinner scenes this episode. Lucky. And it begins with Lorelai and Rory arriving at the house to an extremely cold reception by Emily. Um, Emily immediately sends Rory upstairs because she needs to talk to Lorelai in private and then begins to berate Lorelai about her behavior at Chilton. She tells her, you're supposed to shield her from shame, not cause it. And as usual, Emily is being meddlesome and insulting, coming up with reasons why Lorelai's personal life is somehow her business. The line that really gets me is when she snarkily says, do you even know this man? Right. <laughs> like, what do you think of your daughter that you think she just goes around kissing random teachers? She's so ridiculous. So after multiple attempts at setting a boundary... And trying to communicate that she does not want to talk to her mother about this, Lorelai eventually becomes vulnerable and emotional and tells her mother that despite Max being a really great guy, she went to Chilton that day with the intention of breaking up with him. So now I don't know if you tell me, I don't know if it's because I'm a therapist or just because I'm not a wasp, but if my child, whatever age, was sitting there in front of me, uncharacteristically tearful, that's not Lorelai's way, and explaining that she's about to break up with someone who is, at least on paper, awesome, I would want to know why. I would want to know more. I would wonder what I did wrong as a mother that my daughter can't seem to have a stable, happy relationship as a 32-year-old woman. Yeah. There's something Yeah, wrong. I... There definitely is. I I just, I don't know. Is it like a money thing, you know, like money makes you cold um, because like you never raised your kids, you know, like you never raised your kids yourself. Like, I don't know. That and not feeling your feelings, you know, I guess. Yeah. Denying them. But instead, you know, Emily, she sees her child in pain and she says, you always let your emotions get in the way. That's the problem with you, Lorelai. You don't think. But then as soon as Lorelai gets up and leaves, you can see it on Emily's face. That she's sad. She's, Mm -hmm. you know, that she feels bad for her, but she can't communicate that to her. It's so sad. Yeah. So Lorelai pleads with her mother to be kind, though not in so many words, and to understand that she may have just blown up with a guy who is perfect for her. But Emily is incapable of sensitivity when it comes to Lorelai. And she, after all of this, you know, like she's on the, she's emotional, she's upset. And Emily just replies, he's just a man, Lorelai. 
just completely invalidating everything her daughter was just trying to share with her. Lorelai at this point has to excuse herself because she's so upset. As the scene ends, we see that this encounter has left Emily feeling a bit beside herself. She wouldn't let her see it. She wouldn't let Lorelai see it, but she's definitely upset. Because why show any kind of emotion? I know, right? Why connect like a human? In the next scene, we see Paris gossiping with Madeline Louise as they walk past Rory in the cafeteria. And Paris says, I wish my mom would sleep with my teacher. It would make midterms a lot easier. So at this point, finally, Rory loses her cool. And she says to Paris, what is wrong with you? You just spent the last two weeks with the entire school gossiping about you. You know how crappy that feels. Why would you turn around and do the same thing to someone else? So she's clearly trying to appeal to some tiny shred of humanity that she thinks she's seen in Paris in the past. And Paris finally begins to feel some remorse, at least for hurting Mr. Medina. She apologizes and explains that she basically just wanted everyone to stop talking about her and her parents' divorce. In characteristic Rory fashion, she kindly offers to be a friend and says she'll be there for Paris if she ever wants to talk about anything. And Paris tentatively agrees, but of course she doesn't thank Rory for this generous gesture. I would not have been so kind, especially not at that age. Mm -mm, no. We're back at the Independence Inn in the kitchen, and Jackson comes in with the squash blossoms that Suki had requested of him. He's clearly disappointed that Suki won't try his zucchini tushes and shouts, Hurrah! Mediocrity wins again! So meanwhile, Suki's looking at him with what can only be described as googly eyes. Wouldn't you agree? <laughs> yes, so cute. Cute. And as he's about to storm out, Suki says, Jackson? Would you like to go to dinner sometime with me? Jackson's clearly taken aback, but immediately says, okay, and then just kind of walks out somewhat in a daze. <laughs> so my question is, have you ever had the courage to ask out a boy? I did. It went disastrously <gasps> wrong um, because I misjudged a situation. Mm. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I was kind of like Rory. I was like a serial boyfriend girl you know i didn't date mm -hmm. a ton okay yeah how about you no <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i was uh, even though i proclaim myself a feminist i i've always felt like if you're interested you come find me and like the boy that i was obsessed with in like seventh and eighth grade by 10th grade i made him my boyfriend so you know <laughs> just made it happen <laughs> you're gonna go out with me eventually whether you want to or not <laughs> you're gonna love me just deal with it well, next, we find Lorelai and Max meeting up at a coffee shop. Lorelai explains her thought process that led up to her wanting to break up with him. And this was the first time that Rory ever called one of Lorelai's fellas by his first name. So that, in and of itself, was kind of freaked Lorelai out. She says, my mind instantly went to, oh my god, what if we break up? She'll be crushed. And then my next thought was, oh my god, what if we break up? I'll be crushed. But instead of handling all that like a grown-up... <laughs> <laughs> Lorelai panicked and sabotaged the whole thing. She apologizes for freaking out and acting like a two-year-old. And Max kindly says that he understands, but unfortunately, it turns out his behavior jeopardized his career and his future at Chilton, and he may even be put on probation for it, which, you know, that's not, I mean, it's understandable. Yeah, definitely. Max suggests that they take some time away from each other to figure out how to handle the whole thing so it's not so hard. And Lorelai is clearly disappointed by this suggestion, but she agrees that it's probably for the best. That's weird. Like, how are you going to fix a problem by not dealing with each other? Right? Seems odd yeah. to me. So in the final scene, 
Rory arrives home to find Lorelai curled up in bed, crying, and Rory cuddles up next to her to offer some some comfort, but you can tell she's not quite sure what to do. If you know anything about Lorelai, you know that this is very unusual behavior for her. She's not much of a crier, so this breakup must be a big deal. Is this the end of the road for Max and Lorelai? Unfortunately, no. Stay tuned! <laughs> I do not like this character. <laughs> Well, that was Paris is Burning. Join us next time as we discuss Season 1, Episode 12, Double Date. Copper boom. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review and share with your friends. If you have any questions or comments, if you feel like we left anything out or got anything wrong, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at the Gilmore Gals Pod. And we also have a Facebook page. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any future episodes. Copper boom.